0: One person said that the central friction with the son in the prodigal story is that he had forgotten where he belonged. Maybe at our core to be human is to belong, to belong to a place. And with that place to belong with and for a community. But why then is it so common for us to feel rootless and displaced? And I wonder what it would be like to belong somewhere without the instinct to police that space. Why, if belonging is a part of what we are made for, do we experience so much exclusion?
1: But I also think that a lot of our exclusion comes because we're, ch- we're chasing some illusion of, of belonging that
0: never really exists. Mm. Belonging and Fear. Today on Don't Hold Me to This. I wonder if there's something about belonging that somehow has like baked into it <clears throat> um, the, its own opposite. Uh, in order for me to feel like I belong I ha- to whatever group I want to know that I belong to, I have to know that somebody else doesn't belong. If I belong, but everybody else belongs, then, it, then there's nothing special about belonging or at least that's what I tell myself. But if I belong to this group, if I'm on the inside of this circle, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a person that belongs to this club or I'm a person that's achieved a certain amount of wealth or I'm a person who, who you know, gets to wear this certain um, uh, type of brand of clothing or whatever. It's not special unless other people don't get that. And so in some sense, I think we have told ourselves this story about belonging that has led us to become gatekeepers of our own community to keep other people out so that I know who, so that I know who belongs and who doesn't because my sense of belonging requires a sense that it's exclusive, that other people don't belong. I mean, I guess, two things come to mind for me i i guess first i wonder if that's true is that in some way functioning as a um as an instinct within my own self or within the sort of broader concept of belonging um such that I'm led to be a gatekeeper of my own community that that the baked into my definition of belonging is this sort of standing at the boundary and making sure people who who are not like me don't get in. Um and um and in some sense that that makes like that makes logical sense to me. Belonging without exclusivity m- maybe loses some of its some of its definition and if that's true is there another way to think about belonging that 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 doesn't carry around its opposite that isn't uh definitionally exclusionary so a a kind of belonging that says no belonging is special and desirable and it's what we need and everybody can have it. And maybe in some ways, everybody already has it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I
1: don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about the, I don't know about a sense of belonging without also a sense of something of a, of, of exclusion. Maybe the, ex, maybe there's a, there's a way uh, that it doesn't have to be a, a, an exclusion that's also a resistance to others being welcomed, right? Mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to still um, inviting belonging. I think I, my my brain is 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 spinning around uh, Miroslav Wolf's mm-hmm. you know whole picture of exclusion and embrace. There's an exclusion that is harmful because it others the it others. Um, and um, and seeks to in some ways destroy in its othering uh-huh. um, but there's also a, a a belonging that destroys because then it subsumes and and devours yes, yeah. loses it loses boundary, right? It loses. Right. um, you know, so like if we talk about this in religious circles. Like, I think one of the most disrespectful things that you could possibly say is that, you know, Christians, Muslims, Jews, you know, religions, these different, they all basically believe the same thing. Right. But it, it would, it, it's not really kind of me to, to look at a Muslim friend and say, well, you basically believe what I do, because that's right. not actually what he would say or she right. would. Say. Yeah. Um, and so there's, 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 so there's something to that boundary that, that needs to be honored and and the difference that needs to be honored, but without a, without a destructive kind of exclusion, um, and othering and a seek to either subsume them under, you know, all one thing and say, you, you really, you really don't have anything to offer that, that everybody else isn't already offering to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, and, and so in an interpersonal relationships, that's, you know, that's, that's a kind of emotional enmeshment that, that dehumanizes the, the person. Right. And in terms of groups and belonging, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's a similar kind of uh, dehumanizing of their, their value and and their difference. Yeah. And, and and learning how to value that difference. Um and so, you know, Volf obviously talks about this in terms of embrace that there's embrace, there's these two two distinct things, and an embrace is a way of opening yourself up to to bring the other into an embrace, right, but also right. to allow them to remain another. Yeah. Um, yeah. The embrace has to end um, and when, when it ends that, that person, that individual or that group, uh, remains, um, so I don't know I, that that's where my mind is going. As I think about this, the, the, the possibility of, 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 a belonging without some, some kind of boundary mm-hmm. or identity around which you belong. Yeah. Um, and i don't know how i don't know how that that dynamic is i don't know how that's a a i don't know how it's avoidable or even if it's desirable yeah at least in a, a world where um you know we're going to have to live with difference there's there's yeah. no um, uh, and I, I don't know that that's wrong I think that there's a beauty in in the difference right that's mm-hmm. right the the difference between unit unit unanimity and um unity you know we we can we can work to we can operate together without being singular in in the way we think about
0: everything yeah.
1: And so that kind of difference immediately creates some kind of boundary, right? A a boundary of at least difference. Mm -hmm.
0: um, uh, I think. Yeah. 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 A a boundary of my personhood Um, in in order to not make the mistake of a kind of devouring embrace. I have to maintain at least the boundary of who I am. Uh, Um, In fact, what's interesting is uh, Matthias Dismet who's, uh he's written a lot um recently on what he has called mass formation which is i recognize a <laughs> volatile term in our political moment but i think it's a really important way of describing um he talks about the the way a kind of uh, authoritarianism works and he was he makes this distinction between um relationships between individuals where these people belong to and with each other and a relationship between the individual and the, what he calls the collective, the thing yeah, to which I, you belong, which is a kind of set of ideas in, in his description. And the re, the way totalitarianism works is that what it wants to do is, is strip all, away all of the relationships between individuals so that every every connection is between the individual and the bigger collective, not between individuals. This is why you can have in a kind of totalitarian state, you can have... Um, one individual who's a member of the community belongs to the community um, kind of rat on another individual within the community, because while they may have a really great relationship individually toward each other, the person who's being ratted out, doesn't have a good relationship to the collective, which in that, in that system is all that matters. So you get, you get lost in the kind of the amorphous collective you lose the boundary of self of, of your individuality. Right. So when, when the rat the person new rats is also lost it,
1: right. Because they can't value the individual, their, their relationship with their individual never would trump um, the way they value the, the collect their identity in relationship to the, the collective.
0: That's right. In fact, this cool. gives an example. System, right? it's... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. This is, yeah that's the sort of locus classicus of the idea of mass formation as a cult. It's a a whole bunch of people that when believing something, they would never all individually believe on their own. Right. There's something really powerful about the, about the collective that, um, that forms the individuals into something that they otherwise wouldn't have become. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in this sense, it's a, it's a, um, it's a set of ideas that are clearly destructive, um, or at least clear to the outsiders that are they are destructive. Um, but what's interesting is that all of that turns on this deep seated, intuitive desire to belong to something. Yeah, for sure. So the belonging is sort of fundamental, even before the ideas or the system or the collective to which you belong, The the, the, the desire to know, this is where I go, these are my people, this is my community, um, this is where I uh, have some fit. That's even more fundamental than that. And I wonder if that for me brings up a, um, a, a kind of way forward in the, in the conundrum about like belonging and uh, a kind of exclusivity is to think about it in terms of a a, a rather than of belonging to think about it as um, in terms of belongings, not the things I own, but um, it's not a fixed,
1: it's not a fixed reality. It's a, it changes over.
0: Well, yeah, in two ways, it changes over time uh, because I change over time and the nature of my belonging is always going to be related to my sense of self, but it also changes in terms like relationally in terms of spaces so mm-hmm. like um i belong to my house church right mm-hmm. um, i also belong to my neighborhood which is in a different city um, those are both real and meaningful and formative uh, but there's not any overlap those are two Separate circles. Um, and yet they're both equally meaningful in terms of um, in terms of my sense and desire for belonging. And then I so, so then I think underneath all of that and maybe this is the way that belonging can work in a way that's not exclusionary on top of which we then build these smaller belongings that are by definition necessarily boundaried is the, the most fundamental belonging is that we all belong to the same human family. All humans are by virtue of being human, a part of the human family. Mm-hmm. Um, and we belong to that and, and, in, and at that level belong to each other and I use the language of family rather than like we belong to the human species, because I I think there is something like, um, there's something moral and, uh, imagination shaping about considering oneself a, a family member to every other human being. It's like, uh, there's a, there's like some upsides to that. It's like, uh, the way you'd think about uh, a really good relationship between two brothers. Like, that's what we want. Mm -hmm. That's the sort of belonging that we, I think, long for. That kind of deep knowing, have a a long history of, of experiences with each other. We've got our own inside jokes and our own way of talking about things, our own sort of dialect. But I think the downsides are that come at it from a negative perspective is like, we all know that like the cliche of the drunk uncle who comes to every Thanksgiving uh, get together, though we, we keep explicitly not inviting him. He just keeps showing up because he's family and we let him in <laughs> because he's family. Um, uh, he belongs at a more fundamental level than the expression of his behaviors, right? And I think one of the major challenges and the reason why I'm thinking about this right now, one of the major challenges I think that we're experiencing on a cultural level is a kind of preference for belonging along the pathway of very well-defined, explicit and niche beliefs. And that's where we're locating all of our belonging right now. Yeah. Um, it, what never, do you- And ahead. that's never shifting, that's never
1: shifting uh, standard, right? Right. Uh, yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, like you can think about, I think about every group as a kind of uh, a circle where there's different closenesses to the center. Mm-hmm. And, and what's happening now is every circle of these niche beliefs is shrinking. So at some point, you're on the edge of a, of a group that five years ago you were solidly a part of because you believed in a certain set of political conclusions or whatever. You're right. now no longer a part of that uh, because the when you have belonging based on adherence to a set of niche beliefs... Movement into the future looks like becoming increasingly, increasingly niche, increasingly uh, uh, s- s- close to the center of of that set of beliefs, and so, and so people are constantly being, um, constantly being uh, lopped off the edges of those circles, finding themselves no longer in the place where they thought they were five years ago. I mean, we're talking about this on a day that Tulsi Gabbard has left the democratic party for this very reason right and and the same is true on the other side people leaving the the republican party because it's become something other than 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 yeah. what they what they were or what it used to be and and that's all because we've we have construed um belonging as having a one to one correlation to a set of increasingly narrow political cultural conclusions yeah and i I wonder if having this like a kind of my most fundamental belonging is a belonging that is below anything that i believe namely a belonging to the human family so that i before i even start talking about it i've already belonged to something
1: Yeah, I haven't. I mean, there's one example comes to mind, which is uh, a few years back. I was I observed, you know, on Facebook, a um, post by a a fellow pastor in -hmm. my denomination, Mm -hmm. Um, and he's you know on Facebook publicly. Um, sort of mocking and scorning a woman for her stated beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, And whether I agreed with her beliefs or not, it really isn't the issue. But I reached out to him and said, hey, uh, and I think I'm pretty sure I did this privately because I tend not to... um, try to correct people on their own fora sure, fora. sure. yeah and um, let them you know do whatever it is they do but um it, it was just like hey we should be I don't don't you think you know for the sake of the gospel we should be kinder and not mocking of this sister mm-hmm. um and I called her a sister um yeah. and I had nothing to do with whether I thought she was a Christian. Right. But his retort, his response was a vehement. She absolutely was not a Christian and therefore deserves no, you know, no kindness. (laughs) I was like, yeah, one, I wasn't, what is, what does it matter that whether you think she's a Christian or not?
0: Right, right,
1: right. This is a, this is a human being and you're a pastor. right publicly mocking another human it just it seems so untoward um and i and so i I see what you're saying and i think it's i think we're we could probably go through and list example after example of that kind of absolutely treatment of people and a refusal to embrace them as uh uh, um just fellow brothers and sisters as as human beings not whether they're in our particular club or not. Yeah. Um, but then I, and then I I also want to circle back to where you started, which is this notion that I'm not disagreeing. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. That part of belonging, we do set ourselves up as uh, maybe the gatekeeper for who's out, because that does, um, that is a part of how we derive a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. But I also think that a lot of our exclusion mm. comes from not so much from the active gatekeeping, but from the illusion. But because we're ch- we're chasing some illusion of of belonging that never really exists. Mm. So we're so focused on moving closer and closer to the center of the ideal. Yeah. That yeah. by by just the very um by the very frantic way that we're trying to sort of it's it's C.S. Lewis's essay on the inner circle, right? Yeah. He, he talks about working so hard to get in the inner circle, and then he gets into that that circle and realizes that everybody's in there in there is. Trying to get into another one, right? <laughs> right. That there's this, That's right. That, that 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 kind of sense that will someday um, that this is the way that we arrive at belonging is to sort of somehow move deeper and deeper into these these um, idealized spaces that somehow are going to provide something that that they can't, and and in so doing, we wind up excluding um it's a more passive excluding of yeah. what's right in front of us right um instead of instead of posturing ourselves in the way that I think you've set it up um which is posturing ourselves um with within a um perspective that every every person is this every person that I encounter is is a Is a part of um, my belongings um, and the places I belong. Maybe too. We 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 don't see that belonging that that our our coming into a space of belonging includes our our welcome of others. yes. Yes right and so so again, I think that's that at least that passive um, part of this equation where we just pass over um, people um, because we don't actually see that as we proactively welcome mm-hmm. um, that we we in turn find our own our own welcome. the the conversations we've had about several different kinds of things that they, they, these flow together, but, you know, showing the kind of curiosity and kindness and, Mm -hmm. um, uh, and valuing of, of the, the other person, you know, the other in in a, in a, in the best sense of that word, just, yeah. um, Just the people who are not me as we posture ourselves in healthier ways toward the other, um, the very thing that we're,
0: we long for in terms of our own belonging becomes more available to us. And I, and I think that's why for me, at least, as I think, as I, as my head turns around this, um, recognizing that before I ever had the capacity or the faculty to think about belonging, I was invited to belong to something Uh, as a, as a infant um, born into the human family, one on a fundamental level born into my biological family um, on another level. um, I, I was invited like fundamental to my identity is invited to belong. Mm -hmm. having been invited to belong like that's sort of etched in stone um, without without like asking me to weigh in on it on whether i wanted to be and i recognize that that, like there's all sorts of negative experiences of family life that make this not an attractive uh, proposition to consider oneself invited there's still, I think, this this uh, deep desire that each of us has as a human to to belong somewhere and to know where that is and what it is um, and who it makes me. Um, that suggests this is a kind of it's a thing, kind of. B- b- built into what it means to be a human. What it means to be a human is that you, that you are invited to belong to the human family. And if that's the case, then, um, then in all of my separate belongings, all of the different communities to which I belong, I recognize myself as uh, having been invited. Having been welcomed, part of the part of the structure of who I am is one who is invited, and so that um, I can then in turn reciprocate that inviting. I think uh, the image that came to mind as you were talking is like the the entrance into belonging is through an through what was an open door, oh. and for some reason we have this instinct and impulse to shut it behind us or maybe because our moms told us so as we were growing up you weren't raised in a barn shut the door you weren't raised in a barn but maybe that when it comes to our sense of belonging as we enter into a space of belonging through an open door we should consider ourselves having been raised in a barn where it's okay to leave the door open this is really bad agrarian ideas you don't leave the barn door open i don't know where that saying came from it's not okay to leave a barn door open either um mom yeah i mean so i think the the, i understand and recognize and in many ways empathize with the sense that my belonging to a particular group has to bring with it an instinct to exclude other people from that group unless they meet a certain set of criteria. That, that makes sense to me. Whether it's good or bad, I, I, I'm not mm-hmm. saying. Although I, it feels bad. Um, but it makes sense. My fear that if everybody can belong, then my belonging is no longer special. I get that. I also wonder if there's other fears at play that maybe are deeper than that. That, um, that I'm kind of making these... Preferences toward belonging to certain certain clubs and groups because they're made up with of other people who are um, in important ways already like me. I know what to expect. I know what language to speak. I I know that I can fit in because I know how mm-hmm. to move in these spaces because they're the membership in this space is controlled to a certain set of people that are already like me. And and the fear is that if we in If other people can belong then the character and the nature of this space changes and I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to be in that space. Um, And I wonder what it would be like to belong somewhere without adopting the instinct to police that space.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you when you say it that way, it feels like idealism, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? So, and and I don't mean it in a that that that's necessarily bad. It just means that it's it's. um, I lay that over. I lay the Christian story over that, and it's like, okay, but we we're outside the garden. Uh huh. I feel like we're talking about the echoes of things that we are certainly made for, that we all long for. And, and, you know, as you were talking, you know, the you're born into belonging, even for folks who when they hear that in terms of their own story and their own family of origin as through trauma and tragedy and grief, you know, what we still know is that every child is born uh needing to feel safe and i mean this is a, it's all this is just attachment theory right we a child needs to to belong yep. they, they, and and so where we a lot of what we have what we're struggling with in our culture um even on these these bigger things like even our political discourse and our inability to just be civil to one another what we know is a lot of that is downstream effects of not belonging well as children. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, so there's a, there's, so what we know is there's a brokenness that's, that's entered the, entered the story. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, but then I think maybe, maybe, maybe the, what what we're looking for is in a place where you can belong and not 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 feel any need to tend to you know who else may enter that space. Um. But it. But I think at every level of sort of healthy humanity, part of creating safe places of belonging you have to tend to yeah who enters that space it just and so i think we're stuck in we're um we're we're stuck in in what what we're made for and what we sort of all i think on a deep visceral level long for and certainly need as humans but we also live in this this fracturing this Mm -hmm. fractured space. And so that makes me just wonder, okay, then how do we, how do we live in this, um, push and pull of, um, of difference, Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: in a way that still maximizes the, the humanity of the other, rather yeah. than seeks to destroy and minim- minimize and and destroy the the humanity of the right. other, right? Right. Um, and um, like I I, I want to say, hey, I think it's okay that we have we have a two party system and that that some people. Care enough about it that they want to take on a label and say I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat, um, and sort of and and, and and sort of divide up according to those those political ideologies.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but what what I what I think we're we're looking for is then. But how do we like how do how do how do we manage our that identity in such a way that it 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 um it still looks to maximize the humanity of you know my Republican opponent or right. my Democrat opponent. Yep. Or, and I just I, I that's where I think uh the the hard work sits in front of us and I'm not exactly sure what to do about it. Yeah. Um, I, I do think about the, I listened to this recently again, cause I was telling somebody about it, but, you know, there's the story of Daryl Davis, um, uh, black musician who back in the eighties had joined, a uh, he, he, he was playing with a country and Western band and his story is that, um, you know, uh, this place he played in Maryland, a, a a guy comes over to him and you know says, Where did you learn to play like that? Um, you know, I've never heard a black man play like Jerry Lee Lewis. And <laughs> Daryl Davis laughs and he says, Well, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis learned to play that way from and he listed off a, a bunch of black musicians. Yeah. And this guy turns out to be a KKK member and doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't believe that, but they actually Daryl Davis um, befriends him, and his story is that he he winds up actually actively befriending, going out to meet and understand what drives his words is for some drives someone to hate him who doesn't even know him. Yep, and in the end, he winds up being gifted. I think it's three three grand wizards robes as they renounce. They renounce their allegiance to the KKK because he befriended them. And I just, I think about that story and I know he gets a lot of pushback for like people like, what are you doing? You're, you're treating these people with kindness, like they're humans. And you're hurting the cause. Yeah. He's like, but I have, I have these three men who have renounced the highest position in the KKK because I befriended them. Well, you yeah. know What's what, what, what am I doing wrong? Right.
0: Right. right. Yeah. Right. Um,
1: and one of the things he said is fascinating. And I think, I think this is true, whether that's something I think he's uniquely gifted and called to do that, but there's something he's doing that I would, Say is commendable, Mm. but he says when you're curious, uh, when you show curiosity toward another person, you're passively teaching them something about yourself.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Um, and basically that was his whole posture: is as I'm showing curiosity and kindness to this person who hates me just because of my skin color, I. Though they're not asking me, I'm still passively teaching them something
0: mm-hmm.
1: about kindness and respect, and and eventually, you know, he was able to win win some folks over. I so I think about that as as the whole that kind of work is just extremely difficult
0: well and what's interesting is that a a, a uh, in that situation and and I've, I'm familiar with the kind of the broad outlines of the story but I've not read it in any detail um, and so I'm gonna um, make some gestures and and, and maybe I'm wrong um, but it seems to me that that um, a kind of preference for and commitment to belonging had to predate the actual belonging of those men together for Daryl. He had already done the thing that he helped them to do. He had renounced the idea that they don't belong together. And then he invited them to announce the idea, renounce the idea that they don't belong. I
1: think he would agree with that
0: and and so what's interesting is that the 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 fundamental brokenness of their sense of exclusivity of their group was at the human level we don't belong with them because in some sense we're not the same class of of human we're different humans mm-hmm. we're a kind of human and they're a kind of human or they're not human at all right and what what to put it in this language, what Daryl did was slowly model for them, what it looks like to renounce the idea that they don't belong together. Right. Right. Um, so that, so that their individual belonging to each other and with each other. Now these three former clan members with this um, black musician is built on now this, this, deep sense that they are a part of the same human family. Right. Um, and it's now grown up into actualized belonging together. And I wonder like that one of the challenges with our, our kind of political discourse is um when we when we name ourselves one of those things in our current cultural moment, our current cultural and political moment, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Libertarian, I'm a Republican or whatever. Um, we have in some sense lost the idea that, that those conclusions are built on top of something else. So that the only thing about me is that I'm a Democrat. The only thing about me is that I'm a liberal. There's nothing underneath it. Mm-hmm. so i can't have anything in common with those people over there in that circle because they have a circle drawn around themselves and i have a circle drawn around me and my group and there's nothing underneath that that's all there is to say so that if you don't agree with me in this way you are a threat to democracy this is the language we have begun to use right um it's religious language Better you die. have a, you have attacked the temple of democracy yeah. Um, we've, we've theologized the whole process For instead sure. of, instead of saying, no, I'm a, I'm a Democrat or a libertarian or a Republican or green or whatever, all the other options are because here's a certain set of things that I think about our moral imagination and our social commitments and our commitments to the environment. And I recognize that we disagree on a certain set of things. But in some way, I have tuned myself to at least be able to understand your conclusions and to see how you got there, Mm -hmm. Uh, even if I still end up disagreeing. And I can do that because it's the, the bottom of those parties. The bottom of my self-identity is not a tight circle around Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or, or pick anything. I like this kind of music and you don't, right? But, right, the, right. but the bottom of the, of the circle is open to a foundation of shared common humanity. Even though we might have zero overlap in terms of our cultural and political conclusions, maybe there's zero overlap. We are both still in this shared circle this is what makes possible a relationship between three former clan grand wizards and a black musician in the same way that it makes possible or in similar ways that it makes possible relationships between people who have less volatile political disagreements. And I, and I think we are, we are, I, I feel that at least in the kind of um, the most publicized discourse that I see on, on mm-hmm. screens, which is maybe the least important, I want to grant that. Um, it feels like we're losing that. We're, 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 we're willingly or un, unknowingly walking away from this shared fundamental unity that I think we all still have, and we all still really long for, um, but we don't, know how to, we don't know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know that we're allowed to talk about it. Maybe that's an important piece. Um, we don't have the imagination for the way in which it shapes us as, well, as, as you said to your friend on Facebook, as genuine members of the same family, as brothers and sisters uh, at the core fundamental level.
1: Yeah, and I think
0: yeah. Yeah, and
1: I, I was gonna say I think maybe maybe at least in pa- certainly in part, I think I can say it yeah that way, it it is because a lot of that discourse is either observed or participated in through
0: screens. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like this one. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> um yeah, but there there's um Yeah, but there's, right, uh, there's a, I think there's something to that. Um, And then I think I want to also just at least, it it makes me wonder. uh, I I think that the the ability to do that well, like the ability to imagine at least why somebody uh, thinks the way they do and has come to the conclusions they have and not just go, well, that conclusion's wrong. You're out. You know, I. it, it seems like that one huge element to working against treating others that way is a, a, a deep, some level of, of self-reflection and knowledge of how you got to your conclusions.
0: Yeah. And in true.
1: some ways it's just an acknowledgement that your shit stinks too, right? That that you you realize that the um that your your position is not as as airtight as any political platform wants to make it. Yeah. Um it's yeah. it's not as simple, simplistic. It's not um and uh Uh, It's not as black and white and, and, um, and yet uh, I I do, I do wonder if um, there's a there's a growing. And I I hate to say this because I don't want to imagine that there was some glory day where we were right. Sure. We were all much more self-aware and, Cause that's, that's, we know that's nonsense too. Right. Um, right. but, but I do wonder if, if there is a, um, something in the, the, the dynamic that we're currently experiencing that makes us less, uh, reflective or makes the more reactive voices the ones that get privileged in the conversation. Yep. Um and um so again I think there's 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 difficult work to be done here but um in order for me to um for me to safely and healthily open myself up to uh, an other um there has to be some real healthy s- self-knowledge yeah 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 that's right um and i wonder if we've we've um i don't know if what the right word is if our self-knowledge has been truncated or or um you know the some sense of the urgency of the moment has left us thinking we don't need, you know, that's, we don't have time for that. Right. We've got to, we've got to, I know in political discourse, it's like we got to win this election, right? Vote or die. I made that joke, but it's like, we we've, we've made these things so urgent and life and death that we don't, we don't, ha- we don't even take the time to, to tend to mm-hmm. um what, you know, our own house. Um, And I I don't think we make for good friends when we're, when we don't, we haven't tended well to our own health. And, and so it seems like in, in this, this sense of belonging, some of, some of what, what's, uh, what's been lost or what, what, what works against us is that lack of real, self-care self-knowledge self-reflection and you know even just admitting admitting we're wrong right yeah. an ability to just do healthy human things like say I'm, I, I was wrong or i don't know i'm sorry right um, yeah you know, very basic seemingly basic things
0: yeah simon sinek um talks about um this uh Principle, I think that he calls like the dumbest person in the room. That curiosity starts with agreeing to be the dumbest person in the room. Um, that I, I come into a space that's sort of charged with possibility, both good and bad. This could go either way. I could come into this space and, 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 and be the guy who wants to police it and be in charge and, and, and be the know-it-all. Um, or I can come into the space and ask a bunch of questions and just imagine, I don't, there's an, there's an infinite amount of information, um, to be known here and relationship to be experienced more than what I already know, and what I've already experienced. Mm -hmm. That's always true. And so I, I want to be curious. In order to be curious, I have to have the humility to think probably these people know more and have more to offer into this situation than I do. So I just want to listen and I want to ask good questions and I want to offer myself into it in terms of conversation and uh, ideas. And, um, but what I want to do is I want to be the guy that leaves the door open r- rather than closes it behind me. So I kind of want to be the, 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 I want to have a a pre-commitment to that. And that's part of that, that self-awareness. But I think also it's, it's interesting as you were talking the um, I've never thought about it this way, but the beginning of belonging, this beginning of this new kind of rich experience of belonging is, uh, attending to my own fears and anxieties, Mm -hmm. right? about myself and about other people and about the whole process and concept of belonging about the experience of belonging. Like, what is it that I'm afraid will happen if I, if I try this in a different way and is that fear justified? And, and is the, even if the bad thing happens, whatever I'm afraid of, is that debilitating? Is it life-threatening? Is it as bad as, uh, I'm telling myself that it is. And and once I've done that, and, and, it, and it, obviously that's an ongoing thing as I'm doing that, maybe is a better way to put it. Um, I'm more and more situated to resist that anxiety and fear and just be open to the person that I'm, that I'm sitting across from or the people I'm sitting across from. I think of the, and we may have said this in a, in a previous conversation that someone said somewhere that Jesus was in, you could make the argument that Jesus was killed, uh, uh, for whom he ate with. Yeah. Um, and somehow the stories about Jesus's meal eating habits suggest that he didn't have the same fears and anxieties that I do. Right. <laughs> about, um, Inviting all of my neighbors. We've moved uh, in the last year, moved to a new city. Um, that's, you know, 40 minutes away from the city in which our lives are when where I work. Um, and I keep having this idea of just inviting all of my neighbors over into our yard and making hot dogs just because if I cook steaks, I'll ruin them. And if I make hamburgers, they're burnt on the outside and pink red on the inside. So hot dogs are... Um, and I haven't done it yet. In part because I don't. I like. I keep telling myself I don't know these people. I. I, I don't. Will they like me? Um, will I like them? Are they the kind of people that I want to belong to? And and I think that this whole conversation, what it wants to say to me is, you already belong to them. You live on the same street, so you have one of your belongings is you live in Mesa Junction. That's the neighborhood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think. I. I think we can you know i've i have felt this in our even in our conversation here which is we can get into this space where uh, one the and this is where the ideal overwhelms us
0: yes right Or just think about hamburgers and steaks right right. or (laughs) just the
1: bigness the bigness of the problem can can overwhelm us and we can lose sight of the fact that oh, oh and again this goes back to daryl davis I he, I think he, this is another quote by him, something along the lines. If you're if you're gonna, I think he I think I saw this quote recently. Maybe this wasn't him. I, I can't now. I'm gonna. But basically, if you're gonna if you're gonna change if you're gonna change someone, you're you're gonna have to eat a meal with them, right? If you're gonna yeah. see somebody change, yes, you're gonna. Ha- and so some of this. Um, it's it's a helpful reminder to remember that this really isn't. This starts small, and it starts with the person already right. This this who's this this starts with the the encounters that are already a part of your life, right? Um, which is what your you know what your poem is about, right? It's 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 a part of your established rhythm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but it's an established rhythm because you very intentionally have said, I'm going to, I'm going to make myself available to my community by being in these places. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to go sit when I can, as often as I can, I'm going to go sit and have a cup of coffee and be present. Yeah. Um Physically present with the people who work there and the people who also come and sit there to drink their coffee and eat their pastry or whatever. Yeah. Pop tart. So there's what? Yeah, there, pop there's, it was a pop tart. Yeah. And so there there's, um, and I would, I would, I would tell, you know, I would tell my congregation this and, in, in, you know, and talking about this, this, what this means for us is that we, like we literally in, invite our neighbors over yeah and 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 maybe more importantly we allow especially for people who are very different than us we allow ourselves to be invited to their homes and into to, to their tables and we um we put ourselves in a position of of being out of our home base safe territory yep um, in order to be welcomed, because again, I think when I think about Jesus's hospitality, it wasn't that he just that he welcomed the sinner, but he was he allowed himself to be welcomed by the sinner. Yeah, and actually, what was transformative wasn't that he said, Zacchaeus, I, you you got to come to my house and and have, you know, burgers with me. He said, I got to come to your house. Yeah, I, I need to be hosted by you. And that's a, that's a, that's a, that's an inversion that he took on, but, but, and regularly. Yep. Um, uh, And profoundly changed people because of that. And so I think that's a really helpful reminder that these, these things are things like actually knowing your neighbors and inviting them over. It's actually, I, I, I try to find, you know, a, 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 a coffee shop where I, I like. One of my goals is to walk into a coffee shop and for them to already know what I'm probably going to order. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And and so I think th- that's that's really important. And I think it this is a I, surely a conversation, a, a different another conversation, but some of what we're dealing with in the sense of this desire for belonging, but struggle to find it is uh, not simply psychological and relational. It is, it is cultural. It is our built environment. Um, And, and the, and a lot of the ideals that went into how we built our, our neighborhoods in our cities yeah and, yeah 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 um and so we're working against a lot of there's a lot of resistance in our culture to the kind of belonging that you're you're talking about um walter brueggemann i, I went found this quote is back when you were talking early on he says that he says the deepest human need and society's greatest failure is in its ability to provide for rootedness, mm. not not meaning. So he says our our deepest problem is rootlessness, mm. not meaninglessness. Yes, and um, and I think what we're seeing so again downstream uh in our political discourse it's just symptomatic of of that that's at least what we're saying here in this conversation is that those those are symptoms of of a deep rootlessness and then a false kind of belonging that we're constructing
0: what taya salasi has suggested in her ted talk is rather than asking where somebody is from um she says i I want to ask people, where are they local? Where are you local? Uh, Because that there's, there's this really wonderful relationship between uh, who I am and where I live. And that relationship is, is, is a two-way street. I form the place that I live in by my contributions or lack of contributions to it. And that's, that's, the people that are there and the shape of the space and whether or not there are bike lanes and whether those bike lanes get used. And, um, I form the place I live in and it forms me. I am who I am in large part because of where I'm local. And I think what's one of the burdens that I think we're, we're dealing with is that we have been told and for good reason, that we ought to consider ourselves citizens of the world. Sure. We are global citizens. Yes. And 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 we are in large part powerless. I don't say that to, to communicate some sort of hopelessness, but we are in large part powerless to make global changes. Um, only one of the citizens of the United States can be the president at a time. And that means all the rest of us won't for that four years and likely won't for all of our lives. Only one person can be the mayor of your town or the governor of your state at a time. And, and the, and 99.9% of us won't be that. But that doesn't mean that we're, we're powerless to make a difference. It just means that, that the change that we can affect in terms of a kind of sense of belonging in the fabric of our space is local. It's all local. It's that's where we live. That's where we can do our thing. Even if we were to fly to somewhere else, we're not global. Now we're there. We're just in a different locale. We're never. We're never global. Right? We can't. We can't be on the globe all over the globe we can only be in one locale at a time and that's where we live our lives and that's where we do our thing and i think that's that for me is like this i'm trying to think of a a way to say this in a way that doesn't sound uncaring i don't that's not my intention that's not the way that i mean it but i i think what's happening right now in ukraine for example is really important and what am i going to do about it well i'm going to vote and i'm going to have beers with my neighbors. I don't have access to much anything else to make a difference in the Russia Ukraine conflict. Um I don't even have access to all the information about it. Like I can't hold in my mind all the layers of things that that are that are catalysts for what's happening there. But I can seek in within the realm of my power to subvert the very things that allowed for uh, that kind of conflict to occur, namely cooking hot dogs in my front yard (laughs) for my neighbors. And I think that's maybe that's a, a thing that I need to hear is that actually that's where real change occurs. That's where real belonging takes place is in the space between people that live in the same locale.
1: Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's right and um, it, it it doesn't necessarily make it easy, but it's
0: it,
1: it simplifies it.
0: Don't hold me to this podcast is a production of Don't Hold Me To This. You can find out more, do some more reading and get in touch at dontholdmetothis.com. no apostrophe